Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, welcome back. I am in a super good mood today because our strawberry plants are taking off and I've just been eating so many strawberries (laughs) and strawberries make me happy apparently especially when you pick them and they're warm there is nothing better (laughs) it sounds weird there is nothing better than a warm strawberry (laughs) i am really into them really really thrilled with the garden i also harvested i love how i can use that word harvested as if i'm actually a farmer which i am not but I'm going to use it because I can. I harvested a, so much lettuce yesterday that I had to give some away. And our tomatoes are blooming. We have cucamelon, which is new for me. I've never grown cucamelon and it is thriving. So I am happy, happy, happy. I'm watching my raspberries and blackberries slowly start to come in. And I am just, it's like, you know, those memes about when you place a delivery on Amazon or like food delivery or something, and you go and like sit by the window, that is me with my raspberries and blackberries. So that's where I am. But it's nice because it's, it's awesome to see this kind of like come through. I spent or oh, like three hours pruning my rose bushes yesterday. So that was quite intense. That's the not so fun side, but I had some strawberries to eat afterwards. So it was all worth it. Anyways, so today's question is really, really interesting. And I am excited to dive into it because I think it's something that comes up for quite a few people. So, and, and I love answering questions like that in particular, questions that are impactful or can a lot of people can potentially see them in their career so i'm really really excited for that and there's some context behind the question too so let's dive in the question is how do you balance out the responsibilities of a researcher with those of a skilled product manager who can also do initial discovery work how do you not step on each other's toes and define who owns what And some context is, I'm finding it challenging in my current role as a user researcher to find the balance between what I do when we are doing strategic level research on bigger ambiguous horizons with what a product manager does. I have some coworkers who think strategic discovery is a product management responsibility and some who think research should own that space. Also, I am a team of one. Hey, so balancing out strategic initiatives with embedded project work is another challenge in and of itself. I keep thinking whoever has the best skill set should do strategic level research, but our product organization is still quite small with only four product managers and a couple of those who are capable of strategic level discovery. Ooh, interesting, interesting. There are a few things in here that I want to pick apart. The first one being discovery research and who that can sit with. I'm trying to stay away from the word who that should sit with because it, of course, is so variable across organizations and there is never one way to do something, which is a blessing and a curse when it comes to research, I feel like. I had somebody in our community space in the membership ask a question about beta testing and they 
asked, you know, should I do mixed methods and what does that look like? And uh, how, uh, what types of methods should I do? And it's so funny because I always say uh, it depends, you know, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. It depends on your organization. It depends on so many different things. And I am trying so hard to stay away from the word should recently because there are so many ways to approach a single problem or a single situation. So I'm going to try not to should all over this <laughs> and uh, just kind of think through different approaches and ways to deal with this. So there's that discovery space. There's also kind of this whole area of balancing out strategic research with embed embedded project work. And depending on how much time we take up on that discovery portion, because that is the main problem in question, we might be able to also talk a little bit about that embedded slash strategic work, or I can roll it over into the next uh, podcast episode. So let's look into Discovery. So how do you balance out the responsibilities of a researcher with those of a skilled PM who can do initial discovery work? And how do you not step on each other's toes? And, and how do you define who owns what? So generally speaking, when it comes to strategic discovery work, I believe that the ideal situation is that researchers are owning that space. And that does not mean that product managers can't be in that space with researchers, but I, I truly believe that when it comes to discovery work, especially on ambiguous projects, especially on impactful projects, especially on you know really highly strategic work, the best case scenario is that researchers are owning that space while collaborating with the product managers or other stakeholders that are involved. The reason that I say that this is the ideal scenario is because as researchers, we are taught and we study this craft, right? We are experts in this space and where our expertise actually tends to shine is within this ambiguous kind of project space. So when we are faced with ambiguity as humans, we look for answers, we look for solutions, we tend to lead people down paths, we tend to ask biased questions, right? And But as researchers, we are taught and we practice the exact opposite of that. We practice sitting in that space of ambiguity and understanding where people are coming from in an unbiased way, understanding their needs, their pain points, their goals, their mental models, their, the concepts and how they think about those, who's involved, what's involved in that decision-making, if it is a decision, you know, and, and we are really the people who try with all their might to be as unbiased and avoid leading participants down potential roads or towards solutions, we even sit in the product agnostic space so well because we are less invested in solutions. We're less invested almost in the product, I would say, than product managers or other stakeholders. So those are the reasons why I find it beneficial for researchers to own that more strategic 
ambiguous space because that is that is our bread and butter that's where we actually shine within our skills and expertise because of what we can bring to the table right of of being as unbiased and objective as possible and really taking a step back from the product whereas stakeholders can sometimes have more just desire to get an answer from people. They can have more stake in the product than we do. They can have certain ideas of how they'd like something to go, certain solutions in mind that might creep into the discovery work and creep into those questions, right? So whereas we can take a step back from that. Now, that's a broad generalization, of course, and that's an ideal world because of there are definitely stakeholders that I've worked with that were able to do discovery work, right? But another thing that I will say is as a user researcher in a space and wanting to move forward in your career, doing strategic work is really, really important for you because that strategic work is usually the work that turns into stellar case studies. It's usually the work that has cross-departmental impact or at least impact on one team that's really, really deep, right? And so for me, it's, it's important to do that kind of work because of the trajectory of a career as a user researcher, you want to be able to do that work and then tie it back to business. You want to be able to do that work and tie it back to revenue and tie it back to team's metrics and tie it back to all of these wonderful things where you can then go on and demonstrate how as a stri- your strategic thought partner that can sit at the table, that can have a real impact on a business. So that to me is something that's important to completely outside of the scope of actually doing the work. Right. So keep that in mind as well. That strategic research and those strategic projects and initiatives are very important when it comes to case studies and demonstrating your skills for future jobs. Right. They're really great practice. So how do you balance this out? The way that I would approach this and the way that I've approached this in the past with stakeholders who are confident in their discovery skills are a few different ways. So I started putting discovery or these more strategic based um, projects on a spectrum. So, you know, and it, it can be any spectrum that you want to. It can be ambiguity, it can be complexity, difficulty, whatever you want. I, I put them on complexity, a complexity spectrum. And so when I looked at strategic discovery projects that came up, I looked at the level of complexity that would go into researching that particular project. And what I did, because I was also a team of one, I was also juggling project-based work. I had a few stakeholders who I had, they they didn't tell me that they were good at discovery. They did, well, they did tell me, but I also, I try not to use the word validated, so I'm trying to come up with a different word. I also observed them and felt confident based on what I observed from them. And then helping them a little bit with with refining their skills within that scope i felt confident that they could deal with low complexity discovery work and that meant that the high the medium or high complexity discovery work went to me 
right? So that's one way that you could approach it. But something that I would understand is having a conversation with these PMs who are capable of this and having as much of an open conversation as you can. I don't know the context behind your relationships with them, but explaining a bit about why it's important for you to do this, like for your career, if you feel comfortable doing that, but also understanding, hey, is this something that you actually want to do, right? Is this is this important to you? Why is it important to you? Uh, you know what 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 is it what is it doing for you? You know, and then how can I help support you within that space? So the best thing that I had done when when I was trying to understand how to work with PMs who were capable of this kind of discovery work, and again, I will go back to the low complexity discovery work, right? What I did is I I brainstorm with them. You know, okay. If you are the lead on this, like, so if we, if this has come and we've deemed that this is a low complexity discovery strategic research project and I don't have the capacity, it's, it was kind of always if I don't have the capacity, right? Or if they felt that they needed the skills, right? For whatever reason, because that's also something important to understand. Yes, we need them, but do other people need them as well? And how can we help support them? So, if I did not have the capacity, if it was a low complexity discovery project that somebody wanted to do because of the skills that they need, needed, then I, what I did is if those were the circumstances, we sat down and brainstormed, okay, if you're going to lead this low complexity research project, how, what is it that you're going to do? And what is it that I'm going to do? So we took the scenario and we plotted out responsibilities for each person. Right. So the product manager or stakeholder, whomever it was, was in charge of X, Y, and Z. And then as a researcher, how was I going to support them in this? I was going to help support by reviewing the research plan or reviewing the interview guide or whatever. So this goes back. I have, I have like levels of support that I give people. And this is a really great place to utilize levels of support. So I have three levels of support. And this was especially when I was in kind of consultancy or juggling a lot of, of research projects is those three levels of support. So high level of support means basically that I'm doing the project. Medium level support means that I'm 50% on the project. And low level of support means that they're doing the pro project and I am just helping at like 20%, right? So that might be something interesting for you to think about when it comes to supporting these these stakeholders and where they are in their skill set. So when they are leading strategic research projects, are you giving them medium support? Or are you giving them low support? And then what does that look like, right? So I have an article in which I kind of point out what all of these support levels mean, and I will link to that in the description so that you can look and see, okay, what does medium support actually mean? But this might be something that is helpful for you in really defining what that looks like. So let's let's take a low level of support for a product manager who's leading a low complexity discovery strategic project. So what that might look like from my side of low support is that I am just reviewing documents, reviewing the interview guide, talking through any like I don't know, anxieties that are coming up for them, you know, providing them with all the templates that I already have for analysis, maybe popping into an analysis session like the first one to make sure that everything is going okay, looking over the report, making sure that things feel good, right? I have a high level of confidence that they're going to do okay, so I don't feel like I need to be there. 
Moving on to medium support, this is where you're stepping in more. Maybe you're running some of the sessions. Maybe you're in all the debriefs or the synthesis sessions. Maybe you are helping them with constructing the report. You're helping them with constructing the interview guide, right? So what I would recommend doing is really collaborating with them and coming up with if they are leading this, are you giving them a medium level of support or a low level of support? And you can say it depends and you can say, okay, this is when it's medium, this is when it's low, right? And what does that entail in, in each of these scenarios? Of course, it can depend, but if you start to have these things already mapped out, like, oh, okay, well, Bob is leading this low complexity research study, uh, strategic research study, and I have full confidence that Bob can do this well, right? So I'm offering low level of support for Bob. And then when you say that to Bob, hey, Bob, awesome, run with it, super happy about this. Let me know what you need. I'm going to be offering you a low level of support. Then what happens is Bob already knows because you've defined this together what that means. So Bob knows what he can come to you with and where you're there to support them. Okay. So I think that that is the best way to not step on each other's toes and how you make those actual definitions, right? So I would recommend making it more of a collaboration, right, of what these different situations call for and the support that you can give them in these different situations. And I would recommend using different levels of support because that helps with variability. So let's say we have Bob and you're offering low support. And then let's say, you know, Annie needs medium support and that's what that would look like, right? So really defining it together and using these almost like buckets of ways to categorize your level of support within the projects and what people can expect from you. So it's, and it's not only what what you're doing to support them, but also defining the other side of what they are doing. So they are doing X amount of research sessions, like 100% of them, 50% of them, whatnot, and really defining that out so that everybody is so super clear on what to expect, right? So that's what I would do is I would work together on that and defining these scenarios and exactly what they look like. And you can also define, hey, if I'm leading the project, I am still collaborating with you in this, this, and this way so that so that your stakeholders are really clear on what they can expect from you as the project lead. And that's actually really, really important because that models how they should lead a project, right? So if you're leading a project in a vacuum away from everybody, you go and do it, you come back, you share the insights, they're going to do the same thing, right? Because they're going to use your model of leading a project and apply it to their work. So when you are leading a project, make sure that you have distinct rules for collaboration and including stakeholders like in the planning process, in the research sessions, in the debriefs, in the analysis, whatever it might be. So they then know to model collaboration if they are leading a project. So that is what I would recommend. And of course, before before you do all of this, I would really try and understand, you know, why do they feel like they should own that space? Why does one person have to own this space? Can we own it like in these categories? Can we can we start defining these research 
projects at, on a spectrum of complexity or difficulty, whatever you want to call it, and assigning people based on their skill sets. I would also make sure that you're assessing their skills and that they show an appetite for improvement and that they are trying to improve their skills because the worst thing that can happen is a crappy discovery session because that is, you know, research is all about mitigating risk, right? That's what we are as user researchers. We're trying to mitigate risk in decision-making, right? And if you have crappy discovery sessions, we're not mitigating risk anymore. We're actually increasing the risk. If people are asking the wrong questions, we are increasing the risk that that the teams and our stakeholders and our organizations will make worse decisions, right? So instead of mitigating that risk, we're potentially increasing it by letting people who aren't skilled in research actually do research. Uh, so it's the exact opposite of what we're aiming for. And so what I would really recommend is assessing their skills, telling them areas that they can improve, seeing where they are improving and how much they are trying to improve and how much appetite they have for that, really understanding why they feel like they should be leading this. Is that something in their career framework? Are they trying to get a promotion? Is this a skill that they feel like they need to have? and what that looks like, and then explaining your side of how important it is for you to lead these things as an expert, right? And then coming to some conclusions about, okay, like, let's look at these projects on a complexity level. I'm going to take the medium to high complexity ones, and Bob and Annie can take the low complexity ones. And then these are the levels of support that I can offer when somebody else is leading a research project. What do you think of those? Okay, let's create some more together. And then what are the responsibilities of the person who is leading it, right? And I just think that by creating these scenarios and this documentation, I'm just assuming that it's documentation, of these scenarios and what they look like together in a collaborative way is the best thing that you can do because it helps everybody understand why something is happening the way that it's happening. It gets everybody on the sh same page. Page. It's a shared understanding, which is the most important that we can thing that we can have is that alignment, right? And then everybody's voice is heard. Everybody feels like they contributed to something, so they feel like they're a part of it. So, and of course, these things can be iterated on. You can say, okay. We're going to try a few projects like this, and then we're going to meet up again and do a retrospective on these particular projects and see how it went, see what we need to change and improve, see what we need to do more of, do less of, right? So that you're also constantly iterating on this so that it also feels like something that's flexible, right? So, and 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 in terms of stepping on toes, everybody needs to come to a conclusion that if they feel like their toes are stepped on, everybody needs to be an adult and say that their toes have been stepped on and explain why and explain potential solutions for it, right? So everybody has to have this, you have to kind of create this like safe space for these people and for yourself to say, hey, I feel as though my toes have been stepped on. So, hey, uh, I wasn't invited to these synthesis sessions, even though I'm on medium support. You know, I was, I, I, in, in the document that we created, you know, we said that I would be invited to them. Can we talk about why that might have happened, right? And how we could improve it for next time. So, you know, and, and Annie might come and say, hey, I actually used your templates and I felt really comfortable in synthesis. And it's like, oh, cool. Okay. That's, 
wonderful. That's what people want to hear. But, you know, um, I just want to make sure that the synthesis is going okay because we haven't really talked about that, you doing that and you leading that, right? So, uh, you know, can we can we just go, can you walk me through that synthesis and how that went? And I can see it and and then I can point out areas for improvement or and what went well, you know? So just continuing to have that collaboration and those discussions, but fostering that space where people can actually say, hey, my toes have been stepped on, ouch. And what is some res resolution that we can take from that? So this takes time to do, to create that, that kind of environment where people feel comfortable and open discussing these things. But the first thing that you can do is by understanding why these PMs feel like they should own that space and why it's that responsibility and, and catering to that. And then coming up conjointly with this understanding of, okay, the, these are the different scenarios that we can have. Somebody's leading it. I'm medium support. I'm low support. What What is everybody doing in this in, in these different scenarios? Right, And coming to that shared understanding and alignment on that and then iterating on it and trying to again create that safe space where people say hey this isn't working so that's what i would recommend in terms of looking at this and thinking about how to make that balance and and how to make sure everybody is heard seen and feels like they have a place right including yourself. But I would go back to like ideal situations in which researchers are in charge and I'm doing air quotes of these leading is better is a better example leading these projects and collaborating with stakeholders along the way just because of our level of expertise in this space our ability to take a step back our ability for objectivity our ability to be product agnostic our ability to ask questions that are inherently not leading and unbiased, right? So that is the ideal situation, but we don't want to shut people down who are interested in research. So it's always important to understand where these people are coming from. So where these stakeholders are coming from, why they find it important to own or have this responsibility, and then the subsequent scenarios that can happen, right, with, with these discovery projects. And I just, I operate from a full space of transparency. So that's why this is so helpful for me right? Is we have a scenario. It's like a menu. We have a menu for these, for these situations. And everybody is so super clear on, you know, if Annie is, is leading this and I'm medium support, if Bob is, is leading this and I'm low support, if the complexity is too high and I'm leading it, what can people expect from me, right? As the project lead. So I hope that that's helpful. We are going to do the whole <laughs> embedded, project work and balancing strategic work uh, in in the next podcast episode because we don't have enough time to do it in this particular episode. I don't think I can round up the uh, answers to that in three and a half minutes. But anyways, I hope that that was hugely helpful for, for you and for anybody else who is facing this kind of situation. There's always an answer. There's always several answers, right? But just talking to people and understanding them and hearing them and then trying to come up with different, very clear situations that everybody collaborates on and feels good about is the best thing that you can do. So I hope that was super helpful and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye.